AI can generate things that we love, then people will vote for that. And the market will respond to that. That's the shoe waiting to drop for me. Can these things replicate the hits and the culture making? I think that's much harder. But if it can, you will see the sea change. Humanity is facing the emergence of one of the most disruptive technological forces since the Industrial Revolution, AI. The recent advances of this new technology could disrupt every industry in the modern economy. We sat down with Lion Tree's Alex Michael, who was one of Variety's 2022 top dealmakers, to get his perspective on AI and media. There's great positives and there's great dangers. And I think every industry is spending a lot of time and cycles as to what the impact of this could be. And we're still very much in the early stages. Certainly media is no different and it seems to uh, collide now with this inflection point around labor and contracts, and especially at a time where we don't really know the capabilities. You know, people are upset, people are angry. There's obviously more visibility now with the actors getting involved. And I think the first thing is to remember this isn't about Brad Pitt and George Clooney. This is about an entire army and universe of people who make a living doing acting, which are not necessarily those big stars, as well as writers, producers, all those people. And so I feel for them in that this is a tough time and everyone wants to work, I think, you know, and also what I think is lost in this, too, that the studios and the content makers want to work as well. You know, I think there's an undercurrent that this is a, to save money. But actually, I don't think that's the case. I think uh, everyone realizes a work stoppage is not to the advantages of the entire ecosystem. Especially if you look at the competitive set in terms of making long form and premium content and all sorts of content as studios, right? In the traditional sense, the Disney's Warner Brothers, even Netflix, et cetera. That's probably a limited view. Obviously, eyeballs and attention are going to social media, to TikTok. And the more the type of content we know and love that's been such a prominent feature of certainly when we were home in the pandemic, but over the last decade plus, not having that opens up other entertainment engagement, which doesn't have to be the type we think about, which again, TikTok's a very visible version of that. So I think having a long, long strike that keeps people away from their TVs and their living rooms is not good for the industry, period. And I want to touch on a little bit sort of the evolution of streaming, because it really feels like this was such a new business model. Even three years ago, we saw, you know, Disney Plus was launched and there was sort of all of these different offerings that were created around this sort of streaming hype. And now it seems very suddenly that that business model has maybe stopped working or isn't quite as effective as they thought it would be. Can you talk us a little bit through the the evolution of this streaming model and how it, it's different from cable providers and how that change has brought us to where we are right now? Yes, streaming has obviously taken the world by storm. The pandemic was an accelerator for sure. It's not going away. The genie's out of the bottle in terms of streaming. People are switching to it, obviously, in massive numbers, heralded by Netflix, but now Disney Pluses and Max, et cetera. So the model has changed. People are moving away from linear. So now it's how do you make that a good business model and, you know, double click on good. How do you make money out of it? And I think the world has changed entirely. Forget about streaming for a second, right? The onus in the financial world now is making money, is actual profit. And so any business, forget about streaming, any business 
that doesn't make money is less valuable today than it was even a year and a half ago, as we've seen interest rates rise and that cost of capital go up. And so to the extent you are a business that is losing gobs and gobs of money, the market is now penalizing you. And that's a whipsaw because a year and a half ago, two years, three years, it was just give me growth by any means, spend as much as you want. And so that's the context by which streaming is judged no differently, that you need to deliver profits. And so that will be the litmus test for the streaming model is, can this be a long-term profitable business? You know, cable was in a tremendous, tremendous business for a very long time. The spreading of cost over a big group as a bundle was a very powerful business dynamic. So breaking that down and switching to a streaming model, which has not shown those same economic and profitability characteristics, is going to take time. And the multi, multi, multi-billion dollar question is, are we replacing dollars with nickels or replacing dollars with quarters or are we going to get back to dollars? And that's what we'll learn over the next several years. Pivoting a little bit to the next sticking point, which is AI, and that is the reason that we're having this whole conversation, is there is so much tension right now between creatives and this new technology. There's a lot of excitement about what's possible for them as a collaborator. But I think there's also a very broad fear of being replaced by AI. So I guess in your view and in what you're hearing, what is an ideal compromise? Is compromise possible? One thing that does strike me is, and there's so many different facets to this, right? So I was reading about actors and background actors being scared about AI scanning them once and then using them as background in future things because they know just in perpetuity, never getting paid again. Right, right, right. And only getting paid that once, but then losing that. But that's one sliver. Then there's, you know, writing rough draft scripts in AI and then just having writers edit and play with it such that, you know, it is not really owning the master per se, but just doing that type of work, which is less valuable and gets paid less theoretically. And how do you deal with that? And and all these manifestations. So the first thing is we're talking about so many different tentacles of how this could infuse the business that you lump it all together, but you probably have to unpack each. And I'm sure that's what's going on right now, but it's complicated. And can you even think through all the permutations? I'm not sure. So that's one, just making sure we're honest about, yes, looking from the outside, it's AI, but it has so many applications and some are probably even for the positive. I'm confident that something will get worked out because there's too much vested interest across the ecosystem like we started talking about to not have something work out. But it's tough. It's just tough. There's so many unknowns right now. Yeah, there's a lot to figure out. And I think what maybe causes a lot of frustration is it is very exciting, right, to think, you know, the worst part about writing is writing. And so having a machine that could theoretically give you a rough draft or just help you with an outline. Well, uh, yes, there's the pros and cons, right? There's wonderful uses and there's dangerous uses. And Mm -hmm. there is tremendous, tremendous power to editorial and professional content. That's why we have these networks and channels that pay this money to create great content. Otherwise, we'd have a sea of UGC and short form and TikTok. And obviously, those have a huge place in people's attention economy. But we also, as a society, love great storytelling and it is very near and dear to us and very powerful. And look, there's movies out right now, Barbie Oppenheimer, that 
when done at the greatest levels, we still come back to movie theaters and we want to engage in that and they become social gathering points. So it still exists. The value of AI, to your point, creating infrastructure, creating the nuts and bolts or some of the bulky stuff of just getting going, to the extent that can really predict the human condition and be a great storyteller, yes, that gets dangerous. I'm more skeptical of that. But it takes artists, it takes creators, it takes storytellers and infusing that. So I think at the end of the day, that's really hard to replace. So I'm willing to bet on that human element and staying true. And I think that's going to be always a key element of creating content and making hits. Because a lot of times hits and great art is not about the predictive ingestion of previous data sets, which is the heart of AI. I think that if you believe in that and have that talent, that is hard to disrupt. There's room at the table, I'd like to believe, for advancement and for all of these things to coexist. But how do we do that in a way that's responsible? How do we do that in a way that protects the heart of what these things are. I personally don't know if I would want to see a new film franchise that was made entirely by AI. That would feel, I think, a little soulless to me. The market, I believe, doesn't lie. There's great efficiency in what people vote for with their time and money. And at the end of the day, that's what we're getting at in terms of creating great stories and the human condition and understanding it and needing people to do that. To the extent that AI can really create hit songs, they can create hit movies, the market will vote for that and people will go and people will spend money and a lot of executives will have their answer. I don't believe that will be the case, but you, Laura, if you think it's great, I don't know ultimately if you care if a human did it or a computer did it. I really don't. I think people want to enjoy what they want to enjoy and it resonates with them. I guess my argument is it's really hard for that computer to create something that is overwhelming and has mass appeal because it's hard for something based on prediction and data analytics and historicals to be on the forefront of culture and emotion and what works because some of the greatest things that work in their time are zags. And it's different than what's built upon it. And that's the hardest thing to date of, I think, AI's use case. But if it does and people love it, then they won't care. We do things because we want to do things. Tesla became the biggest electric company, not because people thought, hey, we should have green cars. It's because it was a great car. It became a great brand. The same will apply here to content. If, in fact, AI can generate things that we love, then people will vote for that and the market will respond to that. That's the shoe waiting to drop for me. Can these things replicate the hits and the culture making? I think that's much harder. But if it can, you will see the sea change. As somebody who is in the ear of these major media companies and working with them as clients, is there anything that public perception just doesn't understand about this strike, about the way that they want to use AI in their businesses. What are we not getting? For the more lay person of just trying to absorb what's going on and what the technical issues are, I think it's just realizing that 
It's an important topic. It's a real one. I don't think there's a lot of victors in not getting to answers that in any great negotiation, no one's going to be 100% happy, but you make some progress and you move forward as a business and an ecosystem. So I think it's just bringing that knowledge base that everything is a bit slanted and what you read and how you feel and the details may not be all that present to us. And so just try to absorb as much as you want, as much as you care. And, and remember that the yeah. audience has the power. The audience has the power. That goes for products, that goes for content, that goes for everything. That's how this society works. We vote with our wallets you and time. You decide if the AI takes over. Yes, you decide, human. <laughs> Alex, thank you for doing this. I appreciate your time. Great to be here, Laura. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend and feel free to rate and review it wherever you're listening. Stay tuned for more KindredCast conversations from leaders in business and beyond.